was that? What was that border zone? What was that transition? What was that change? Could I measure it? Could I understand it? What happened that we went from the temporarily dead to the permanently dead? That was Dr. Lance Becker, chairman of the emergency department at North Shore University Hospital and Long Island Jewish Medical Center. Dr. Becker has a hand in helping once-departed neighbors return to the land of the living. Hi, I'm David North. In this edition of Health Story, Dr. Becker explains how saying no to the traditional definition of death has added years of productive life for thousands of Americans. Remember, there was a time when now-common cardiopulmonary resuscitation, CPR, was regarded as a miraculous way to restore a life. Dr. Becker says the lifetime window of minutes gained by CPR opened his mind to the prospects of minutes and hours for revival. You know, I was so excited when, as a trainee, I learned about CPR and the way it could save a person's life. I just thought it was the most amazing story to go from, you know, having a patient with no heartbeat to being able to see that person go back to their life. And it just always sort of captured me. So I I spent a lot of time thinking about it and the experience that I had as a resident, there wasn't really an end. And what I mean by that is there might be one situation in which um, the team would attempt to resuscitate someone for, I'll say, a long period of time. And there might be another situation where it was a much shorter period of time. Maybe one was 20 minutes, one was an hour. And I kept thinking, well, what happened in that minute when the code leader decided to stop? Like, what took place. Like, I just kept thinking there had to be something that took place. And what I decided is I wasn't really sure that anything was a lot different in minute 19 compared to in minute 20 and minute 21. I felt that there was an arbitrariness to that and a capriciousness. Those of us who were trained in CPR remember hearing we have just approximately four minutes to restore breathing and restore a life. A four-minute limit is a, shall we say, a harsh time frame because it's awfully hard to do a lot of things to somebody within four minutes. Now, that doesn't negate what you said about the four minutes, but what we started to figure out is there were things that could make that four minutes longer, and those included some things like cooling the patient. So one of the first experiences that really impressed me uh, a lot was to begin to see the data on how protective cooling could be to the human brain. That's right, cooling. Dr. Becker now describes an extraordinary case of revivication, how science, persistence, and low temperatures combine to restore life to a young woman near the Arctic Circle. There's a woman who I had the pleasure of meeting who was skiing in uh, Norway and she, she unfortunately fell into a crevasse. She had her skis on and so she was caught head down 
in a crevasse filled with ice water that was running underneath it. And so she was literally caught by her skis, and it was like a perfect ice bowl all the way around to this, and she was with about six or seven other skiers who realized that if any of them tried to go down to get her, they were going to fall right into the crevasse with her, and they might not even be lucky enough to where the skis didn't catch literally going sideways. That's the only thing that prevented her from being swept down into the water that was underneath. So they had to extract her by helicopter. So it took about 45 minutes for the helicopter to get there. And when they lowered a rescuer down on a rope from a helicopter and then they pulled her up, she was pulseless and they started CPR on her and she had what is thought to be one of the lowest recorded temperatures ever achieved by a human being and then returned to life. Dr. Becker says the woman's temperature when her body was recovered was 15 degrees centigrade. That translates to about 60 degrees Fahrenheit. 60 degrees. Remember, an average normal human temperature is 98.6. They were able to get her onto a helicopter and they put her on cardiopulmonary bypass and they warmed her up and her heart restarted. And over the a period of the next several months, she had a rocky road, but she made a very good recovery. Her brain was intact and protected. And they estimate that the amount of time that she spent with no heartbeat was in excess of like two hours. So there were things like that where I said, well, gosh, if we can do that for one person, like, why can't we do that for more people? Imagine two hours technically dead. Today, 20 years later, according to Dr. Becker, the woman remains among the living, earning a living as a radiologist at a hospital in Europe. Hi, you're listening to Health Story. I'm David North. Our subject is life and death and restoring life. Dr. Lance Becker, chairman of the emergency department at North Shore LIJ in Manhasset, New York, is among the leading U.S. authorities on the subject. He was inspired in his studies by Dr. Peter Safer, known as the father of modern CPR. How wide can the time window be open between death and a return to life. Dr. Becker describes research, innovation, and successes at Northwell Health. Well, sort of the exciting thing that we're really trying to bust open at Northwell is the idea of rapidly putting a patient who doesn't have a pulse onto a heart-lung machine. Sometimes it's called ECMO, which stands for Extracorporeal Membrane Oxygenation. And that, that's a heart-lung machine. Every large hospital will have them. They're typically used in the operating room. And one of the things that we are doing with is now sort of thinking of emergency ECMO. And what that involves is essentially coming into a person whose heart will not start and rapidly putting in a, a catheter. So that means tubing putting a tubing into the artery that pushes blood into the artery and then a 
tubing into the vein that sucks the blood out and it runs it through the heart-lung machine and pushes it back into the artery. And so this ECMO device is a very powerful new technology. So it takes over, if you will, the function of the heart. That's what the heart would do. Suck the, the blue blood out and push the red blood back through. Dr. Becker says ECMO devices are in service at more than two dozen centers in Japan with encouraging rates of success, encouraging a can-do spirit among his colleagues at North Shore LIJ, who work together to restore lives. It is challenging to do this. The reason is this is like a total team sport, and you've got to have a full team there. Our approach is to do it the way the Japanese do, which is that patient gets rapidly moved to the cardiac catheterization laboratory, where you have what's called fluoroscopy. That's the x-rays that allow you to just shoot x-rays while you're working on a patient, so that while you're in the process of trying to get that tubing in the right place, you can actually see a picture of it and know if you're in the right place or you're close to the right place or you're a little bit to the right or a little bit to the left. It's hard to do, and it's particularly hard to do because there's no pulse. Has this been accomplished successfully at this hospital? Yes, it has. A number of times. We've probably done it seven, eight, nine times on patients like I'm describing. And these are patients that are uh, just, I'm just, to be really blunt, these are hopeless patients. Their likelihood of survival, we do it on patients who have failed everything else. So once you've failed everything else, survival rates are less than 1%. And right now we're, we're doing reasonably well and we have at least a 20% survival. And then as we have success, the plan is to roll this out to other Northwell hospitals. And we're also right now in the process of actually pulling together a worldwide consortium to try to elevate this kind of therapy throughout the world. So, so we're really active in it. It's a major focus of what we do, and we know that if we get it right, we're going to save some people. Dr. Becker says research continues, and findings and statistics will be published in the near future. Now, who are the dead who are returned to life? Some are admitted hospital patients, others arrive at the emergency department. When is it more time, or time's up? It is patients who have a cardiac arrest out in the field, they get worked on by the paramedics. The paramedics work. They, they do CPR, pump, pump, pump. They do the defibrillation, shock, shock, shock. They give the drugs, boom, boom, boom. They bring them to us. We pump, 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 and it looks bad. So we call that intractable cardiac arrest when a person has not responded to anything. So we have a specific category for patients, and we now have taken, as I say, about seven, eight of those patients up and saved the life of several patients. There will be a day when bringing the temporarily dead to life may not mean bringing them to a hospital, but bringing the ability to restore life to the patient. Dr. Becker points to progress in Europe. So our colleagues in France, okay, have actually put the ECMO machine on a special ambulance. And rather than bring the patient to the hospital, they send the ECMO machine to the patient in cardiac arrest. And they have, for example, 
pictures of patients that are have the tubing put in that that cannulation process that I talked about being done like in the Louvre in front of you know some 16th century masters I mean you can google that and so the idea that it's going to move eventually to the ambulance and eventually like right into somebody's home I think it's inevitable we are in that transition period we're hoping that with that kind of evolution in technology that we can make it easier to use safer to use fit on an ambulance and we think about those things all the time what of popular notions of life after death of psychic phenomena spirituality Stories told about returnees rising to see their own bodies on an operating table or of following a bright light down a long corridor. How about it, Dr. Becker? I personally interviewed 250 or so survivors. I ask every single patient that's a survivor about that, every single one. And the vast majority have no recollection whatsoever. However, I've had a few, by that of two or three, who really described something that was very different. And so my mind is open to it. And you know, there are, I, I'm just gonna say, there are things around consciousness that, we, that are very hard for us to explain. And I do not try to explain those, okay? I simply try to hear what patients have to say. And if anyone has had an experience like that, they should feel free to call me up and let me know about it. I do think that there may be something that is like a little bit more than we currently appreciate. And I think that at the very least, good scientists have to be open to that. And so I seek knowledge. If you seek knowledge about life, temporary death, and life, Dr. Lance Becker will be the keynote speaker at a day-long New York Academy of Sciences conference titled, What is the Moment of Death? in Manhattan on November 18, 2019. If you miss the deadline, look to northwell.edu. And remember, each of us can help in the process of restoring a life. Learn CPR. Find a course at a convenient time and place in your community. Health Story is produced at the studios of New York Institute of Technology. Our technical director is Andre Doughty. I'm David North. Be well. Look north at northwell.edu.